Hello, good people. Welcome to The Chris Stefanik Show, the show that helps you find the joy that God made you for in the midst of everyday life. Don't miss us every week as we dive into real issues with real people and answer real questions. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for being with us. We're diving into a really important topic today, the power of forgiveness. Listen, this is a controversial topic, surprisingly controversial. In society today, retribution is all important. Remembering things in great detail that happened to our great-great-grandparents seems to be ever more virtuous, <laughs> even though it's nothing virtuous about it. We live in a society that loves to remember all our hurts, that loves to hold on to everything, that loves to cancel people. I was on uh, Twitter recently. Actually, I've kind of backed away from it. It's so dang toxic. But a friend of mine said something really stupid, and one of the first comments was, there's no coming back from that comment from Catholic Twitter. Catholic Twitter. There's no, there's no coming. Jesus, sorry. Your redemptive power does not apply to that Twitter comment. No coming back. Jesus' command to forgive is as radical as ever. And when you really dive into it, in the face of real wrongs, even in the face of dumb Twitter comments, <laughs> things seemingly unforgivable, it makes people angry. Or when you dive into it in the, in the face of true evils, it makes people really angry. One of my dear friends, Jim Beckman, was a youth minister at, uh, at the church nearest the Columbine shooting and after it happened, they had a prayer service, and they said, we're going to will to forgive Eric and Matt. And they actually had youth group t-shirts with the word 70, with the number 70 times 7 on it. The response from some people in the community was death threats. Forgiveness. Forgiveness to, for things that happened to you. Forgiveness for things that are going on in the world. Having an attitude of forgiveness to the people around us is radical, guys. When you really dive into it, it's difficult it's painful, it is as radical as the cross, and it is the only way to build a civilization of love, of peace, and it's the only way for you to experience actual freedom, is to be a soul that radically forgives every wrong right away. We're gonna talk about what that means, what it doesn't mean. We're gonna take your questions. We're gonna rip through this as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for being with us. As always, brothers and sisters, I'm here for you, not just to talk about my topic. Feel free to interrupt me with your questions by texting the number on the screen. Bring that number up, 720-650-0100, 720-650-0100. There's a couple reasons that I'm diving into this topic right now. The first is this. Christmas is getting closer. Christmas is the time where we remember the birth of baby Jesus, and it's also the time where you're forced to be around a lot of people that Sometimes you wouldn't choose to be around some members from your family who maybe you don't have to see on a regular basis. And it's a great time to practice forgiveness, especially if you have, I don't know what amount of dysfunctions in your own family. Uh, if you Google Saturday, Saturday Night Live, a dysfunctional family Christmas, it's kind of hilarious. They have this old Christmas album and uh, Dana Carvey singing, please go away, leave me alone. I'm doing fine. Leave me alone. Okay, we feel like that sometimes around, around certain family members. Uh, you know, it said uh, that St. Peter never forgave Jesus for healing his mother-in-law. Yes, that was a joke, okay? Laugh. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's one reason, as we deal near Christmas. But another one is, is a, a personal experience I just recently had. A profound and honestly, to me, kind of shocking experience of forgiveness. There was a priest, Father Ken uh, Jurassi. Look him up. Incredible man of God. 
came over to my house. I had met him at the Napa conference, came over to our house to, to share a meal and to pray over my daughter who's suffering with, with multiple sclerosis. And after he prayed over her, he said, hey, I feel like I should pray over you. You want prayer? And my honest response was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm feeling fine, but I mean, whatever, sure. And I just leaned forward on the table, and he puts his hand on my back to say a prayer over me. And he said, you need to forgive some people. And I'm, I'm like, no, man, I've kind of worked through some really profound wounds that I've had. And I feel like I've, I feel good, like I've mostly forgiven these people. But he continued to pray over me and led me through this meditation that I'll, I'll tell you at the, at the end of my little reflection here on forgiveness. But as he was praying and as he was leading me through this meditation, I started like convulsing with laughter and crying at the same time that was unlike any emotion I've ever felt. It was just an, I was overcome by the power and presence of God who was wanting to lead me to greater freedom. And what I realized in that moment was, yeah, yeah, I'm mostly okay. I've got, I'm going through my life because I've, I've, I'm, I'm a good Christian. 99% of me has forgiven grave wrongs that were committed against me as a kid. 1% didn't. And let me tell you, 1%, that might sound like, well, 99%, that's like an A++ on a, on a test. What if you have 1% of water with like scummy soap stuff from your dishes that you leave in the bottom of your sink? Just 1%, just 1%. And then you go on vacation for three or four months, you come home, what's it gonna look like? It's gonna be totally disgusting. This is what happens to your soul when you mostly, almost all the way forgive and you don't open the plug up on the bottom and just let, let it all drain out. Guys, Jesus is calling us to be people who live our lives with that plug always undone, where stuff flows in and just flows straight out. He wants us to be, 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 be people who constantly, regularly, radically forgive. Radically. Why is this so important? couple great quotes about unforgiveness and how it poisons your soul. Unforgiveness is serving time for someone else's crime. Ouch. It's anonymous. That actually was not Oprah. Just anonymous. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Marianne Williamson said that. Ooh, that hurts. Drink poison yourself, wait for the other person to die. Unforgiveness. Okay. St. Francis of Paola said this, the recollection of an injury is itself wrong. So even sitting around and instead of contemplating the things of God or things that lift your soul up, contemplating an injury, recollecting it, pulling it back up, remembering again and again, he said it is a rusty arrow and poison for the soul. It puts all virtue to flight. So Back in the day where he lived, a rusty arrow, okay, now they'll just pull a rusty arrow out of you and give you a tetanus shot. Back then, it would stick in your body and continue to work its way in. It would kill you eventually. A rusty arrow, poison for the soul, puts all virtue to flight. This is another one. Ooh, he said, it is like a worm in the mind. It doesn't just sit there. It crawls around and digs away at things. It remains planted in the soul like a nail. It is wickedness that never sleeps, sin that never fails. It is indeed a daily death. Dang. When you don't totally, completely, radically forgive, that's the stuff sitting inside of your mind and your heart. Jesus doesn't want that for you. 
He gave you an example of radical forgiveness on the cross. Father, forgive them. Talk about being wronged. Deicide. This is the ultimate injustice in history. Father, forgive them. He didn't just forgive. He showed us what to do. Father, forgive the people who have hurt me. When you don't forgive, all the offense keeps its power in your soul. All the injustice rests in you, and it robs you of everything. It robs you of your ability to enjoy everyday life, which, believe it or not, God wants you to enjoy your life. He created you for joy. Read the last pages of the Bible. Heaven is described as a wedding banquet. He created you for a joy that lasts forever but begins now. It robs you of your ability to see the person in front of you, your ability to enjoy the moment with the person in front of you. It robs you of your physical health. It robs you of your physical health. I actually know a guy who had, he was dying of stage four colon cancer. This is, a, this is an extreme example of this, obviously. And he was, it was, it was the end for him. And he prayed with a, a priest, a bunch of deliverance prayers and prayers of forgiveness. And his cancer completely went away. Totally went away. It was gone that week. Now, uh, uh, he had about a year and a half, two years left of, of enjoying life, and then it came back. But there was a sign in that moment of reprieve. And by the way, every miracle is only temporary. Everybody who was healed in the Bible had to eventually die. <laughs> so that's just part of the human condition. But there was a, a, a message in that reprieve from God that there was something toxic, that he wasn't ready to meet the Lord. There was something toxic in how he experienced life that was actually physically poisonous for him. When you have a readily forgiving soul people will still offend you. Isn't that a bummer? But here's the deal. You don't have to take offense. It's put on the table. You don't have to take offense. You're going to be like a freshly waxed car. When you practice forgiving regularly, the water's going to fall. The rain's still going to fall on you, but it's going to go right off. How can we forgive the most obscene acts known to man, such as rape or genocide? Oh, that's a question that just came in. How? I'll tell you how. The same way you forgive a small offense. How did Jesus do it on the cross? Guys, rape and genocide are really bad. Deicide is worse. Killing God. And he said in the moment he hung on the cross what he would have said when someone stepped on his toe. Because no matter how big the offense, his response was the same. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not before I, I tell you a, a simple exercise with how to forgive. And by the way, uh, we have an Advent program coming out on forgiveness. Be sure to sign up for this on reallifecatholic.com. Go to that website, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, each week of Advent, we're going to deliver a series of meditations to help you radically, totally, completely forgive, which I decided to do, by the way, after that, that prayer with Father Ken Jurassi. I wasn't planning on filming a program on forgiveness. We actually were filming a whole program on overcoming fear for Advent. That's been pushed off to Lent because we, I, I take months planning these programs, guys. This one, after that prayer with Father Ken, two days later, boom, it was done. I, I, so much stuff I've got to share with you guys in this. So let me tell you what forgiveness is not. One, forgiveness is not making excuses for. It's not making excuses for somebody. Actually, making excuses for somebody stops you from actually forgiving them. One of my dear friends uh, was sharing with me recently about how his dad was an alcoholic and how that wounded his soul. And he said, you know, my dad was an alcoholic, 
But his dad was an alcoholic, and, and I could hear in his tone right away he was excusing his dad. And I said, no, no, listen, your dad was an alcoholic and that hurt you. Hard stop. Stop trying to whitewash that. You matter. You deserved better than your dad being an alcoholic. And an injustice, a grave injustice was done to you. Feel the pain of that. That's okay. You're worth it. You're dignified and beautiful and worthy enough to just stop and say, yeah, dang it, I deserve better as a kid than my dad being an alcoholic. Forgiveness is not making excuses for it. When you make excuses for it, you actually never feel the pain that allows you to recognize a wrong, which is the precondition for forgiving. Number two, forgiveness is not making light of things that have happened and saying, eh, it's okay. One of my dear friends, uh, Dan, Dan Donaldson, he, he had worked for me for a while, and, but while he was working for me, and it's a lot of intense interactions in the workplace, man. It's, it's not easy running a small business. But he had done something that, that <clears throat> offended me, and, and he said, Chris, I'm really sorry. He's a great man of God, and he reflects a lot. And my initial response, because I'm uncomfortable with conflict, was, eh, it's okay. His response was so beautiful, and I want to encourage you to do this, whether you're apologizing to someone in the workplace or your wife or your kids. 90% of the time, the response is, it's okay. It's no big deal. His response was, no, it's not okay not okay, please forgive me. And I said the words, I forgive you. How healing for a friendship. Forgiveness is not excusing things. Forgiveness is not making light of things by saying, eh, it's okay. Forgiveness is not a failure to draw boundaries. Listen, you don't have to let someone in who's offended you if they're not safe for you. And Jesus drew boundaries. I love the scripture where people were mocking him when he was going to pray over a dead kid. And he put them out of the house, sacred scripture told us. Jesus wasn't nice all the time. He put them out. He drew the right boundaries. You're worth it, guys. Okay, so you could forgive someone without experiencing one of the fruits of forgiveness, which is reconciliation. The person's back in your heart, back in your life. They have to be trustworthy for reconciliation to happen. But you can forgive even without that reconciliation happening. Why? Because it's not just about that person, it's about you. We're going to get to that in a second. How do you begin the process to forgive yourself for mortal sins that you still feel the weight of? What a great question. Um, listen, forgiveness is a virtue of the soul. You build up this power to forgive, this habit of forgiving. The more you forgive people around you, the easier it will become to forgive yourself. I've found that when people have a hard time forgiving themselves, they're usually holding a grudge or resentment towards someone else. I'll leave that there. So it's not a failure to draw boundaries. And it's also not, it's not resigning yourself to loss, but trusting that God has gain in mind for you. Trusting in the plan of your Heavenly Father. This is from Genesis 5.20. This is the story of Joseph, who was thrown into a cistern by his brothers, then sold into slavery, and ended up in Egypt. And then there was a, then there was a famine, and his brothers came and begged him for food. And looking back, he, he saw the whole plan of God that, wow, if they hadn't done something so evil to me, I wouldn't be here saving this kingdom and feeding my family. And he said to them when they came and knelt before him, you intended to harm me, but God intended it 
for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Forgiveness isn't resigning yourself to being hurt. It's saying that even the most horrible things that have happened to me, I trust that God can take even this and make it part of his plan. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is to let something go. Justice is to give someone what is due to them. Things are due to you in justice. You deserve as a child, for instance, to not have an alcoholic dad. You deserve as a brother to not be thrown into a cistern, right, and then sold into slavery. So when an injustice is done, you're owed a debt. And I love the translation of the Our Father, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You're owed a debt. And when you say, I'm owed this debt from you because you've done me an injustice, but I am choosing for my part to completely, totally, not 99%, but 100%, let go of the debt. What happens when we do that, guys? By the way, that's not about the person you're forgiving, and it's not because they deserve it. It's because you deserve the freedom of being a person who's not carrying all these debts. When you're holding on to all these chains of, of all the ways people owe you a debt, guess who's eventually weighed down by that? It's you. This is about your freedom. Lewis Smedes said to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner was you. Oh, to forgive is to switch from the mode of saying, I won't let you do this to me, to saying, I won't let you rob me of love, of joy, of peace, of freedom. This is what Jesus modeled on the cross, that even as he was pushed around, he said, I'm not letting you rob me of who I am. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So as Father Ken Jurassic prayed over me, he led me through a beautiful meditation and again, I want you to dive into this program with us in Advent. Go to reallifecatholic.com. Look up our program on forgiveness. Sign up for it. Sign up for our newsletter. It's going gonna, it's gonna to plug you into this whole program. He led me through this meditation that we'll land that program on in detail, but I'll give you a sneak peek of it right now, where I imagined myself. I did a Lexio Divina. I entered it in my imagination into the sacred scriptures. I imagined myself on the cross next to Jesus as the good thief, there for my own sins. And I had to repeat with Jesus as I looked down at the foot of the cross and saw the people who had hurt me the most. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I said it three times till I really meant it. And then he continued the meditation. He said, now picture yourself at the end of all things. You're at the throne of God. You're, you're, before, you're, you're, you're beside our, our, our Lord in the final judgment. And the person who hurt you the most is kneeling before him. And their eyes are clear and they see the just sentence they're about to get. And the Lord shows you this, this scroll. And your name's written on top. You're in the book of life. And under it is this person's name and written down all the ways they hurt you and all the impact it had in your life. And he said, I want you to ask the Father, tear that page out of this person's offense against me. Rip it out. Father, don't remember it. Father, forgive them, for he knows not what he did to me. Guys, that path of forgiveness is not just about the person you're forgiving. It doesn't require the person to be back in your life even. This is about you living totally, radically free. That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what I want for you. I love you guys. Thanks for being with us. Man, wasn't that great? Listen, if you don't want to be happy, be sure not to subscribe. But if you want a more joyful life, 
the kind of life that God created you for, the kind of life Jesus promised when he said, I came to give you life to the full, then make sure you hit subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know.